0: Log Talk Radio. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Get up! Get up! Get up! Get up. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Get up! Get up! Get up! Get up, get up! Welcome to Wait to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Spirituality and science are both telling us that we are literally connected, that we're literally all one. Science uses the term non-duality, spirituality uses the term oneness, non-duality. Non-duality and oneness mean the same thing, that we are all one. So basically what you do to another person, you literally are doing to another aspect of yourself. Um, so once the world recognizes this and realizes this truth, there will be peace on earth. Today's topic is getting spirituality down to a science with author Pasan Um, He is the author of a book entitled, God Equals MC Square. I discovered this this book um, in the summer of 2012, and I contacted Parson, and he was uh, so, so gracious to send me an autographed copy of the book. And, um, I am so honored that he did that. I love the, the book and I love the title. It, it's truly inspirational the way it bridges spirituality and science. Um, we, most of us are familiar with the equation, with Einstein's famous equation, E equals MC squared. Well, the E stands for energy. Um, science is telling us that everything is energy. Everything is energy, and everything has a vibration and a frequency. So if we take that everything is energy, and my belief is that God is everything, God is all that is, God is in everything, God is everything. Um, so we can take the word, the term God equals MC squared. So I just I fell in love with the title of the book, and contacted um and um the wonderful thing is a part of what Awake to Oneness Radio wants to do is to show that not only spirituality is teaching us and telling us that we're all one but also sciences and so today's guest is going to be the first guest that we have on that is actually going to bridge spirituality and science together so uh Pasaan. How are you? Passan?
1: Uh, yes, I'm doing very well, Caroline, and thank you so much for having me on the show. It's an honor to be on the show, and I love what you're doing with the show, Awake to Oneness. I mean, I I couldn't have said it any better, and I believe that is exactly true, and what you are talking about and what you're trying to portray here with your show and having the guests on, I think you're doing a fabulous job, so I appreciate that and I appreciate being here.
0: Thank you well, thank you. I'm so honored to have you can you uh share with our audience some of your story you know share your story with us and share how you came to write the book uh god e- god equals m c square
1: sure absolutely um it was um it has been um it, it it wasn't an event specifically, but it has been a process that I've gone through in the last few years. I would say, beginning from probably about 2006 onwards, that has <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, uh, that has kind of caused this um, evolution, if you will, and a revolution mm-hmm. as well, if you will, in my life that caused me to uh, to write this book. Um, I came across um, Dr. Wayne Dyer. I don't know if uh, a lot of your listeners might be aware of Dr. Wayne Dyer. He He's my self-proclaimed spiritual guru, and he's just amazing. He's mind-blowing. And I came across his book, uh, Being in Balance, in, in I believe it was about 2006, May of 2006 almost, uh, to be precise. And um, I read his book, and I listened to his seminar, um that was uh, pertaining to the book and a lot of the things that he said it it just blew my mind and I was like this is this is the information that we all need and then about a year later I came across the secret uh which a lot of you know it was uh it was a super phenomenal success as far as in the publishing world 20 million copies of the book uh there were well it was really initially it was a documentary a film uh, that was made into into a book and into an audio book, and um, that uh, both of these combined kind of changed my life because they both in a way talked about this law, which is the law of attraction, and which says that um, you attract into your lives uh, what you think about, and it's not just something that you think about once or twice or ten times; it's something that you believe in. It's your predominant thoughts in your mind. It's your belief about life and what it's supposed to be like. And it's your attitude in general. And basically what the concept was that you get what you think about, which is what I love, what Dr. Wayne Dyer says. He says you get what you think about whether you want it or not. And whatever you focus on, whatever you think about, it's not just thoughts. I mean, people say, "Oh, I can be positive, and I'm thinking positive thoughts, and uh, why aren't positive things happening in my life?" I'm thinking positive thoughts, but the thoughts that kind of are internalized, and you think about them all all day long, every day, and you have a certain feeling about that. You know, whatever you're at, whatever you think about, and you say, "Oh, life is tough," and then you feel that life is tough, and that feeling is what brings that into your life, and and therefore life becomes tough. And then, Or if you think that money is easy for you, and you keep thinking that, then money coming into your life is easy. Now, I'm not saying your life is going to be great otherwise, but money, whatever you think about. So if you're thinking about money, and you're saying money is easy, then money comes to you easily and frequently in large amounts. I mean, there are billionaires out there. I think it was a, a, a show on CNBC a few years ago. There are more than a 1,000 billionaires just in the U.S., just in the U.S. alone. So there are mm-hmm. billionaires, a 1,000 of them, and they thought the thoughts that, you know, money is easy, and that's what happened for them. I'm not saying it's as simple as that, but in a way it really is simple as that. So that kind of changed my life, and then in, in the secret, Uh, there's an author, James Arthur Ray, who was talking about what, um, if you were to ask a theologian what God is, and they would say always was and always will be and never can be created or destroyed, is always moving into form, to form, and out of form. And that's what a theologian would say as far as what God is or who or what God is. And if you ask a quantum physicist, a scientist, you know, what created energy or what created the universe. Basically the same question as what God is and what created the universe. You know, people, theologians would say God. And quantum physicists would say energy always was and always will be, never can be created or destroyed, always moving into form, through form and out of form. And that just got my mind going. And I'm like, so you're talking about energy, and that's what all the spiritual traditions, religious traditions, if you will, uh, talk about as to what created the universe. And science and spirituality, as you mentioned in the introduction of the show, Caroline, is saying the same thing, that it's energy that creates everything. And that's what led led me to come up with the title of the book, God equals E-M-L or MC squared, meaning instead of God, it's E, which is what Einstein said, E equals MC squared. And I just changed that to God uh, to say equals m c squared, so science and spirituality are really talking about the same thing. It's just that science is now coming about to kind of proving that. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, yes, oh, everything you said um it's like we you and i we've we we read the same books we we've um I've been inspired by the same people. Actually my first uh introduction to metaphysics as I call it. Um yes. was Think Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And that Absolutely. was back in the, the classic Ye- yeah. Yes. That was back in the seventies when I was a teenager. That was the uh metaphysical book I read introducing me to the concept that your your thoughts are things. And again, I was a teenager, so I read the book, um, but it it was like it was. What the thing is when you're introduced to things of this nature, and we are programmed so differently. um, And and this whole idea that your thoughts are things, and you attract what you think about. That's so foreign to our programming. <laughs> you know, that's not what our teachers are telling us. That's not what our churches are telling us. That you know, that's not what our parents are telling us. That's not our programming. So when you first hear especially as a teenager, you don't really grasp a hold of it, but it did resonate with me. it stayed with me. Even though I didn't understand it, it stayed with me even as a teenager and I continued to look and look and look, but like you mentioned um the secret and dr uh, Wayne Dyer, all of these um have been inspirational in my my path and my spiritual growth as well so uh, definitely i i the whole concept of law of attraction um and and what you you attract what you think it's so so true and and like you said, a lot of people don't understand that underlining, because there, a lot of people will say, okay, I'm positive, I'm positive, but positive things are not happening. But if you say that, your your underlying thought is positive things are not happening. No matter how many times you <laughs> say, you know, and no matter right. how many times you say a positive affirmation, if you, you can't fool the universe. You know, the universe knows, God knows exactly what's in your heart. So it has to be a heartfelt belief, a heartfelt thought. It can't just be from the brain. Uh, It has to come from the heart. And um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with heart math, but they have done a lot of research how your heart is so much more, the energy, the electromagnetic field um, emitting from your heart is so much stronger than your brain. So it, it, that if you just think a positive thought, but not really, it doesn't really resonate in your heart. You don't really, if you don't really believe it, you can't trick the universe. You can't trick God. You know. So I think that's where <laughs> a, a lot of um, people are feeling frustration. Like you said, The Secret was uh, very, very popular in two thousand and seven, um, and a lot of, you know a lot of people bought the book and read watched the dvd and and listened to the audio um and then got disillusioned because they're like okay i'm saying all these positive ha- affirmations but it's not showing up but that's exactly your your underlying belief is what you have to work on you have to you have to really get to your core belief system because that your core core belief is what you're attracting to yourself so no matter what you say it's not as powerful as your your core belief. So um, definitely, like and like you said, you came up with a wonderful title, um, "God equals MC squared," because that's true. You know, energy is everything. God is everything. They're they're the they're one and the same, as you would say. So that is is um, very. So when you um, how did you. Um, first go about writing the book and and um, getting it published and doing all of that. Um, sure, absolutely. Well,
1: but b- before I go into that, I would say that, like, as you mentioned, that the HeartMath Institute, which I actually quote in my book, there is a part mm. where I write about it and say that uh, the HeartMath Institute um, actually did the study and they found that the physical organ that is the heart, it's the most powerful transceiver meaning a transmitter and receiver of information way more powerful than the brain as you mentioned and Mm -hmm. there is an uh, about it's it it, uh, there is an electromagnetic field that extends the human body you know from the heart onwards about six feet or radius from the physical Mm -hmm. human body that originates Mm -hmm. from the heart that actually feels information and data or other fe- feelings from other human beings and mm-hmm. other events that your brain would never be able to do the exactly. most powerful transceiver of information in your in your body and it right. is actually that's why they say love you know they say it's you <laughs> know I, you feel the love in your heart, you actually really physically feel the love in your heart in the physical <laughs> organ that's the heart, and not just a metaphorical you know, uh, e- explanation of, oh, you say, oh, matter of the heart, my heart skips a beat, and so on and so forth, but because it actually feels it. And that's okay. why it really is the organ. So that's why the feeling of any situation, instead of just thinking about it with your brain. I'm not saying that thinking about something is not important. It absolutely is, because that's where it right. starts. But if mm-hmm. you keep focusing on something and you keep thinking about that, then you start feeling a certain thing about that, positive or negative. And the Mm -hmm. fact is that if it's positive and your your heart feels it and you feel that, then you're developing that positive aspect of whatever it is that you want or whatever it is you're feeling. And then if it's on the other side, you won't go there. But then that's unfortunately what happens because your heart or your brain or your mind doesn't know the difference. It just takes what you are telling it and what mm-hmm. you're thinking and what you're feeling and and tries to make it real. So right. um uh, that's that's you know, that's the aspect of it. Um and um I apologize. What was your what was your question? Oh, I got a little well,
0: distracted. Well I I'll get back to that question, but you um when you mentioned heart math again, it re, it reminded me of another um finding from HeartMath. They you know they okay. um have these sensors, and they measure the world um with these sensors and on you know on nine eleven they measured how um the world the coherence of the world spiked on nine eleven showing that our heart our that field you were just talking about with so many people feeling the same thing at the same time, these meters spike but the, the yes. really fantastic thing about that study um, is that it actually started to spike before the towers. got before, About, I, I can't remember the exact amount of time. I think it's like a few but hours before that. Yeah, you're talking
1: about the random event generators or random number yes. generators that kind of yes. went haywire around that yes. time before it happened. But it,
0: and it happened so right exactly that the started that was going to happen. a couple i think a couple of hours before the the towers even got hit, hit.
1: meaning yeah. that yeah. our
0: heart our our hearts are intelligent and they it, prece- it saw the future it in in, yes. in a few hours. you know it it knew what was coming before we knew what was coming and it, it right. that is that is so amazing. It is so amazing. It um, absolutely but is. That is just amazing. Um, actually actually I am in uh, communications with HeartMath and hoping to have a guest on from HeartMath in the near future. So that, that would be awesome. I would that, want to definitely listen awesome. to that show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well please tune in. Um and of the course. question, going back to the question I had asked, um, if can you share with um our audience, um you know how you went about getting your your writing the book and getting it published and all of that. How did that um, happen for you? Um, the, sure. A lot of people. Yes. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So it, I mean, it is something. I am a first-time author. I had never written a book. I mean, if you were to ask Americans, um, probably eighty, at least eighty percent, maybe more. You know, close to ninety percent of people in America would want to write a book. Want to write a book. Um, but most of them don't do it. Mm-hmm. So it it was a never-before-done task for me that I was like, okay, I'm going to write a book. And it was just this one idea, right? As I mentioned, mm-hmm. God equals MC squared, that everything is energy. That came to me. and And then I just affirmed to myself that this is something I want to do,
0: that I mm-hmm. want to write
1: this book about bridging the gap the supposed gap, because I don't think there is a gap, but people mm-hmm. perceive there to be a gap that between science and spirituality. And so it became a solid idea in my mind. And from that idea, the once it was solidified, it had to be solidified. I couldn't be like wishy-washy about it, and I can say, well, yeah, it would be nice to write a book. No, I decided that I wanted to write a book about this subject, and and I was passionate about it. I mean, from 20 years ago, when I first took my college uh, English class, I was like, oh, I should write. You know, this is my passion. I love writing. I didn't know mm-hmm. what I wanted to write about. I mean, I mean, I had a feeling I wanted to write about science because I thought science mm-hmm. was so amazing because everything we see is is basically developed by science, you know, um, mm-hmm. houses mm-hmm. that we live in, the cars that we drive, the phones that we are talking about, everything, and you know, technology that was developed right. by science. So it was very amazing to me that you know this was a concept or idea that I wanted to write about. But I was still kind of not so very much so passionate about it. But I was like, okay, maybe I should write about that. And then kind, that kind of went to the back of my mind and I, I never really got into it. But then, as I mentioned, I came across The Secret and Dr. Wayne Dyer's teachings and it changed my life. And I said, all right, now I can see that I want to write about bridging Science and spirituality, because all my life I've always wondered, is there evidence or proof of God of god's mm-hmm. existence? You know you know we believe in religion, like you said initially that there's all this programming that we have that is given right. to us by well well meaning you know they they don't mean ill well meaning parents and teachers and mentors and siblings and everybody that we come across in our lives as we are growing up from when we were born they they don't mean to um let lead us astray they want us to have a good life but they have been programmed themselves so they're only going by their own programming and they don't necessarily question it so they tell us what they think is true they they what they think was was is right you know And it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily always... I'm not saying everything they tell us is wrong, but they tell us all of that and they program us and then we go about living our lives believing the same things that they did so that we end up doing the same thing. So I figured that there had to be something out there that kind of provided some kind of evidence, if not downright proof, that there is this power in existence that we may call God or Spirit or the higher self you know, it doesn't matter what you call it. Like Shakespeare said, you know, a rose mm-hmm. by any other name wouldn't smell less sweet. So it doesn't matter what you call God. It's still God and and mm-hmm. it has all the things and attributes of God. So I figured that I would want to write this. And it just came, the book just came to me, you know, sometimes word at a time, sometimes a sentence, a phrase, sometimes chapters at a time. And all mm-hmm. I had to do was write it down. And then I tried to approach major publishers. Uh, that didn't quite work out, so I just said, "You know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wait. I'm just gonna get this out there because I think people mm-hmm. need to read this." And right. so I self-published my book, and, and okay. it's
0: out there now. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, that you 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 you're talking about following your inspiration, following your passion, and that's exactly what really is is what um, I would like for the show to help do, too, is to help inspire people to follow whatever their passion is. Your passion was to write, and um, my passion was just I didn't know anything about starting a radio show, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and my soul said, do it. So I'm like, I didn't argue. I just did it. So um, following (laughs) your passion. (laughs) that <laughs> that's, that's I like that key. very
1: much, Caroline. Yes. Yes. I love I love that, it actually.
0: Yes, that's the key and a lot sometimes like I think it's a, the programming again is a part of why people are sometimes afraid. They they have a passion but they're afraid or their mind starts to say, Well, I don't have enough of this or I don't have enough of that to do that you know, they they start to like Think negative thoughts, let negative thoughts creep in, and stop them from following their passion. But I encourage all our listeners and everybody on the planet to follow your passion, because your passion is why you came here. That's your soul speaking to you. That's your soul saying, okay, you came here to do this. So now, now go do it. <laughs> um, so wonderful, wonderful. So can you also share um, with us, um, you had mentioned to me um, about your son. Um, we had a conversation earlier. Can you share that conversation with, with our audience? Absolutely. And I will uh, kind of also
1: hit up again on what you said, is that the the passion that a person has is their very reason and purpose of being here. Because every human being, I know there's almost 7 billion of us, and, Mm -hmm. you know, people might find it hard to believe, but every individual has a unique gift. It may not always be unique in the sense that, oh, there are, you know, there's already a whole bunch of singers out there. Why do they need another singer out there? Or why do they need another musician out there? Or why do they need, you know, another public speaker? There's thousands of them. But there are things that a person can do in their own unique way that has never been done before. So that's why there is a need for another singer, another 10 million singers, and another 100,000 public speakers, and another million doctors, because everybody is going to have their own unique perspective that they can bring to the table and to say that, you know, Yes, it doesn't. You know, you're not. You don't necessarily have to reinvent the the wheel and say, oh, I'm going to do something that is no. You know, nobody has ever done before. No, it could be something that has been done before millions of times, but you're going to do it in a way that has never been done before. So that's exactly. what I think a lot of people need to get. That it doesn't yeah. have to be something new. It can be something that, as you mentioned, that they're that somebody is passionate about, and they'll exactly. find that. They feel alive. Any of my listeners, when you do what you feel that you wanted to do when you were young, and maybe you are still young, and you feel that passion, do it. And I know we all worry about, oh, there isn't enough money, or if I go into this field, I'm not going to make enough money, and I'm not going to be able to feed myself or my family. And all of these worries and all of this programming comes into play. And I'm not saying it's not legitimate. Those are legitimate concerns. You do want to feed your family. You want to feed yourself. You want to be able to pay the rent or the mortgage or whatever it might be. And those are legitimate concerns. However, if you follow that path, do it on a part-time basis, you know. Still keep your day Mm -hmm. job, as they say, but follow it as much as you can in your free time. Create a little Mm -hmm. bit of free time if you don't have it. And work on that a little bit. And Mm -hmm. See if you can develop a career around that. And the money will come. It will be exactly. taken care of. And exactly. have that faith that it will be if you take that that step in that direction of uh, doing what you should be doing, you know, instead of just saying, okay, I need to just get a job that, you know, nine-to-five job that's going to pay me my wage and I can I can, you know, earn a living. So having said that, yes, my son... Who is um who will be eight in September, so he's a little over seven and a half he's an autistic child he's on the uh, autism I don't know if any of my uh listeners would know from disorder so there you know it's a spectrum it's a wide variety you know from the extreme to the very mild, and you know people can be on anywhere on that spectrum of autism um I would say my son is on the milder side, but he clearly is has and has shown the symptoms of autism, and he has been diagnosed. Um, What I would say, first of all, is that in my opinion, and I'm not just saying that because he's my son, I feel he's the most, he's the happiest person that I have ever met in my life. He's (laughs) the most blissful human being that I know. Now, having said that, I I recently, uh, just about a week ago, I came across this book. Actually, this is, it, was, it my wife um, had met this lady who happened to notice my son in this, in this Indian grocery store and she noticed the signs that maybe my son might be autistic. The reason she noticed that is because her son is autistic. So they started uh, talking and then they became friends and they invited us over to dinner about two weeks ago and then I went there and uh, we went to dinner and I found this book there. It's called, the title of the book is The Reason... I Jump, and the subtitle is The Inner Voice Teen-Year-Old Boy with Autism, and uh, it's a a Japanese child, Naoki Higashida. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it correctly. That's N-A-O-K-I-H-I-G-A-F-H-I-D-A. Naoki Mm -hmm. Higashida is the author, 13-year-old boy. Well, he's like well over 20 now, but again, the book title is The Reason I Jump, a New York Times bestseller, mm-hmm. I would urge, no, I would beg anybody listening, if you know somebody who is an autistic person or an autistic child, if that's your child, it's a sibling, it's, you know, any way you are related to an autistic child or you're a caregiver for an autistic child, you're a teacher in a school with autistic children... I beg you, I beg you wholeheartedly to get this book and to read this book because this will change your life and it will change the life of that person, that autistic child that is in contact with you because just to, the, the title is The Reason I Jump. And one of the things that autistic people do is they like to jump, and especially children. And then there are so many other things that they do. And, the answer to those questions are given by a person who is autistic, who happens to be at least, um, you know, he's able to, to articulate, which is very difficult for an autistic person to do when you read this book, you understand. He's able mm-hmm. to articulate the, the answers to these questions. Just for, uh, as an example, I just, I'm just cracking this book open. Is it true that you hate being touched? That's question number 16, and he answers that. Then question number 17, why do you wave goodbye with your palm facing yourself? And then when you're on one of your highs, what's going through your mind? And why do you make a huge fuss over tiny mistakes? These are mistakes that they would make. Like, for example, my son, if he's carrying a glass of water, he carries it so safely, he doesn't want a single drop to fall out of the glass. And why is that that they do that? And, again, why do you jump, which is the title of the book. You know, what's the reason you jump? That's question number 25. And he answers that. And it's absolutely mind-blowing because after I read that book and I went home, it was a day I had opened. I have a convenience store that I put me and my wife home. And I went home because she relieved me after, like, 5 o'clock and i went home and i was going to take a nap because i was so tired and my son was there and, and he and i we spent like 3 hours i was going to take a nap i was so exhausted i'd slept like 5 hours each night the last 3 nights and i worked like 15 16 hours every day i couldn't go to sleep i i was spending time with him and i was connecting him connecting with him like i have never done before i mean it's not like i i under, i felt i understood him from the day he was born you know and mm-hmm. I could I could feel what he was trying to convey, but this just took it to the next level. And I'm promising anybody who's listening, if you have a friend or a family member, like I said, even if it's not somebody that you're directly related to, get this book. Give that as a gift to that person. And quite frankly, you know what? If you can't afford it or there is something that's preventing you from getting this book, reach out to me. I'll buy it and I'll send it to you because it's that powerful, and it's going to be life-changing for you and for the child. And I could sense that two, three hours that we spent together, I could sense him, because he's he doesn't have speech, he doesn't talk, but okay. just his look in his eye was, he could tell that I could understand him a thousand times better than before. Like, I could wow. tell that. And we connected in a way... That I could not explain. So I would urge you that's- to do that, and thank you, Caroline, for bringing that up because I think this is going to be—it's going to be life-changing for the better for mm-hmm. for everybody involved with an autistic child or an, an autistic person.
0: That's that's beautiful. That's uh, because from what I'm hearing, your your son is letting you know that he can see a difference in you. That he can—he's letting you know that. You see him now, that he knows that you see him, which is yes. beautiful. Yes, that's absolutely. That's beautiful. I mean, not that it wasn't the case before,
1: but it just took it to a level where, you know, like right. you said, the whole concept of your show is that oneness, and I feel that oneness with him. That I, I, again, like I said, I've all, like the day he was born, literally the day he was born, he was smiling. And I told the nurse, and you're going to laugh, and I told her, I'm like, this kid's smiling at me. You know, he's my son. He's, my, he's like, no, he has gas. <laughs> I'm like, no, the kid doesn't have, he may have gas, but he's not smiling because of that. He's smiling at me. I can tell he's smiling at me. And he did that from day one, from the day he was born. And I've always felt like I almost communicated with him telepathically, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, even before the age that he would normally would talk, even before he didn't talk, I knew what he was feeling, what he was thinking, or at least that's what I feel. But Mm -hmm. this was a week ago when he's almost, you know, he's more than seven and a half. And I felt this connection. And like you said, he was letting me know with his eyes, just looking at me and, and hugging me and letting me know that. That you finally understand what I'm going wow. through, you can you wow. can feel it, or at least you know. And I cried for an hour; <laughs> I couldn't stop crying, and that's, it was that so beautiful. It, it was it was amazing, and I I, I like it. that's why I'm so passionate about this, and I, I'm amazed that you know I'm surprised that I didn't know about it. That's why I want everybody to know about it. That to get this book, the reason I jump. The wow. voice of a thirteen year old boy with autism, I mean they feel they feel like they're in a prison of their body and they do things they they flap their arms and they jump and they make these funny sounds and they bolt like they run, and you know they do all these things, and you will understand why they do it, and that'll be a connection that you've never felt before
0: Wow, that also kind of, it also reminds me um of my um uh, my first guest was Robert Schwartz, who wrote um your soul's plan and your soul's gift and i I personally do believe that we plan like your son's soul in his pre birth planning he picked you to be his dad and um and that was a soul agreement you and him had on a soul level, and he pit he he chose to come um into this incarnation with um you know autism for a reason right um but he he also you know he said from day one he was smiling he was happy he's like okay i i know why i came i'm happy i'm all i'm good you know so <laughs> that's beautiful that's beautiful well I yeah. will,
1: you kind of you kind of hit up on something that um uh, I absolutely and completely and totally agree with and believe in, is that that we choose um, these maladies, if you will, or we choose our parents. We actually choose our parents. Mm-hmm. We choose the lifetime of you know whatever it might be,
0: the challenges.
1: So yeah, exactly
0: the challenges. And we choose, we come, yeah, yeah. And we
1: choose our parents. And <laughs> the funny thing is that you mentioned that he chose us. And I wrote this, this is on page 322 of my book in the Acknowledgement section. Mm-hmm. And thanks to my son for having come into our lives and having brought us such joy that we could not have imagined, I know that you had a choice and you chose us for that mm. I have dedicated this book to you. So I knew he chose us and I right. also know that you chose to have autism. Now. People might say, "Why would anybody be so crazy, so to speak, to ever choose that?" And what I would say is that that is the bravest, or one of the bravest and most courageous souls there is out there
0: who chose to,
1: yeah, who chose that to say, "I'm going to go in being completely not normal, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be there in the world where everybody else or most people are normal, and I'm going to I'm going to be out there." And to well, learn what I need to learn, and to teach others, like for example us, his parents, what we need to learn.
0: To teach us compassion and love and patience and understanding. But that was all. Of that, that was all of that. Robert's um, first title of his book. It, the publisher changed the title to Your Soul's Plan, but the original title of the book was Courageous Souls. So you're absolutely right. We do have a caller. We have a caller from the 843 area code. Okay, with a question. Okay, 843 area code. You are live. Hello? Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, are you doing readings? Um, not readings. We have an author um, by oh. um, the name of Pasan uh, Tucker, he wrote a book mm-hmm. called um um God equals M C Square. So we have an <laughs> author. Okay. Did did you have a question? Are you um for the author or? Well no, I'll listen. I've read your book though, so that's what let me oh. listen. <laughs> okay. Let me listen because uh, I've read your book, it's phenomenal. Yes, it's a great book. It's an awesome book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um so you, did you want to share something with the author while we have you? No, I just think it's a great example of how everything works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and hit um, home, I thought it was very concise and just hit home, so. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling well, in. Oh, thank, you. thank yeah, you. Yeah, that was the reason why you called in, and maybe you were, <laughs> it was you were nice listening to me. it,
1: and there was something you were supposed to get, you know?
0: Exactly. Absolutely. I'll continue to listen. I thought I was calling into a completely different show. It's weird, but. Not yeah. perfect. I mean, I'll listen. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are no accidents There, point. Are, no <laughs> accidents. <laughs> there <laughs> are no accidents. There are no accidents. Yeah, absolutely. That okay. Well, thank you for calling. You have a good night, okay? All
1: thank right. you. But, good night. Okay. That's a okay. Caroline, that there are no accidents, and that's like a there, wonderful segue, I guess, to, yes. you know, you yes, know we think about
0: Yes, because you know, she's familiar with your book, up. so that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Oh, she she yeah. actually read my book. Yeah, I thought she was talking. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh yes. well, that's amazing. You know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's like I I never I'm never you know it's like it's it's always humbling for me. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's just there are no accidents, and so that's why like I've questioned that many times, you know, several times. So it's like, why me? Why does my only son have to be somebody who is, quote, not normal, you know? And Mm -hmm. I've questioned that. And like you said, compassion, understanding, respect, love, patience, all of these things. You know, I'm not saying that I didn't have compassion before, but, you know, it has gone to a, a level that I can't, I would have never imagined on my own. And one exactly. of the things that I've always struggled with, I'm 39 now, I'll be 40 in August, but like in the early part of my life, my teenage years and uh, early 20s even, I had a major problem with anger. Anger mm. was something that I i would flip out in a second. I mean, you could look look at me the wrong way and, and I would be flipping out. Or, you know, something that, you know, you if you were to notice... A conversation or something that I might have been been involved in, you'd be like, "This guy is crazy." It's like, "What's wrong with him? Why is he, why is he so angry?" You know. Well, why oh. does he get so angry so easily? You know, sh- such a short fuse. And that was one of the things that I mean, I'm not the reason my son came into my life because I kind of had gotten over a lot of that before. But I think that mm-hmm. was one of my life lessons that I had chose to learn is to overcome or Overcome as much as I can to right. to have that in control and to learn to be more patient and to not right. slip out and not not get angry. I mean, I still get angry. Don't get me wrong. I'm still a human being, and you know, so uh, you know, right. I still lose my patience. And I, but it is a thousand percent better than, right. than before. I love one and of the things he- that Dr. Wayne Dyer has. He says you know true nobility is not about being better than anybody else it's about better about being better than you used to be and mm. i can like he says i can say that honestly and mean it that i am better mm. than i used to be could i be better right. than now of course i can be a thousand times better than what i am now but i am better than i used to be and and you know, it's very humbling. It's not. It's not about bragging. It's not about saying, "Oh, uh, you know, holier than thou." It, again, it's not about comparing myself to anybody else. It's comparing right. myself to my own self, the way I used
0: to be. You know, exactly, so. exactly. And you were, you were talking before about we were talking about following one's passion, and you brought up the example that um, uh, there are a lot of singers, and there are a lot of musicians and artists and doctors but you're you're so it's so true that each of us has a unique gift unique that we can we all have something that we can bring to whatever field of art, music, medicine, whatever we're doing. We have something unique that no one else has because we are all unique um divine we're all divine but we're all a div- uniquely divine aspect of god Absolutely. So that that that's the wonderful thing about following your passion because when you follow your passion it leads you to that unique
1: um
0: thing that only you can share with the world um and a lot of people might you know a lot of people don't think highly of themselves but they, each one of us are, is a unique, divine spark of God. And we it's something that each one of us has that no one else has. So that can bring to the table of whatever um, location or career or, you know, art or passion, that's where your passion will bring you, bring you to that. And like you said, if you follow it, and you follow it too, like you said you follow your passion wherever you're comfortable if you you want to follow it on the weekend uh, a couple of hours a week um you know cuz you still feel you have to make do the 9 to 5 to pay the bill do you follow your passion as much as you're comfortable following it but don't ever let you know don't ever ignore it don't ever ignore what your heart is calling and and leading you to do because you will it'll amaze you when you do that it'll just amaze you so that is so true about um the uniqueness of each and every one of us and how we are all uniquely divine and all a part of God never can be disconnected even though we think we might be disconnected we we can never be disconnected from from God so that is uh, really, really uh, wonderful that you shared that with us. Um, I also um, wanted to ask you to share a little bit with the audience you about your former um, radio show and the mission of the, your show at that sure, time. Sure, absolutely.
1: Yes, okay. um, it was entitled uh, Spiritual Renaissance, and I did that for almost uh, a, a year, and I had mm-hmm. some fabulous guests on the show, uh, including Mike Dooley, who is uh, one of my favorite teachers from The Secret, and he's, mm-hmm. he's a friend of mine, and I've met him several times, and, and we are in touch, and um, I've had several several guests on the show who pretty much are, are, are talking about the same concepts and same mm-hmm. ideas in science and spirituality and kind of bridging them. And, um, it was, it was a powerful experience to, to talk to, um, talk to these folks and to talk about these subjects, um, on, on the air. And it changed my life just doing the show as I'm sure that doing this show that you are doing is also impacting your life in a way that you might have never thought. So it was, it was amazing. And, um, and i want to i want to restart that and very soon i plan on doing that um in the last couple of years uh, as i mentioned before uh, we ended up uh starting a business a convenience store mm-hmm. um in 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 massachusetts and that's where i live so that has kind of taken up a lot of my time but just you reconnecting with me caroline that even that was a sign for me to say you know i i need to get back to that which is the purpose okay. of my life is to write mm-hmm. and to to be on the show or to do a radio show and just to talk about it doesn't even have to right. be a form of, like just to le- just to let you know that you can actually do what you feel passionate about even in your job that you might have like for example I have this store and I talk about spirituality and I talk about being positive and feeling positive to my customers and some of them may yeah. roll their eyes. Some of them may think I'm crazy, some of them may think I'm overly optimistic. I I don't care. You know. <laughs> I, I thought it's whoever is ready for the information will get it. And whoever is exactly. not no judgment, no criticism. Right. You know, that's okay. They're not ready for mm-hmm. it yet. I wasn't exactly. ready for it until I was like thirty something, you know, thirty two or mm-hmm. whatever it was. You know, so I wasn't ready for it and now I uh, maybe I might have dismissed it, maybe I might not have. Just like you mentioned, you came across uh, think and grow rich when you were 17, you know, and it right. stuck with you, but you didn't really kind of really take it to heart, so to speak. But you remembered it, and you knew that mm-hmm. you came across that. But then, when mm-hmm. the time was right in your life, you started exactly. to say, "Oh, I came across this information when I was 17, and I see right. clearly how and mm-hmm. why that is right." So, like in yeah, like, my day-to-day like life, I try seeds. to practice it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's I'm sorry, planting. Go ahead like I, I was just saying yes, even if someone's not yeah. really receiving it they are still hearing what you're saying and it's still right. kind of planting seeds in the back of their mind you know so right. it's it's planting seeds um and that's what awaken to awakening to oneness is all about because i do believe that um the world will get to a point where we know um just like the world that ma- mankind at one time thought the world was flat uh, (laughs) And came to learn that the world is not flat. You know, because if someone (laughs) had said in those days, no, I think the world is round, they'd look at you like you're crazy. Um, But, you know, now we all know the world is round. So I believe the the concept, the idea that we're one, we're all connected, I believe sometimes in the future, maybe not in my lifetime, but sometime in the future it will be a known fact. Okay, we're all one. And and we and then it'll be we'll be living in a different world. There will be no more war because you won't cuz you know what you do to another person, you, you do, do it yourself. to yourself. Yeah. So and you hit the nail on the head, Caroline. Um let's hope it is in our
1: lifetime anyway, but we'll see what happens and we'll do mm-hmm. what we can and all of exactly. our listeners hopefully will do what they can. But like <laughs> just to give you an idea of why I mean on the scientific side as science says that everything is energy so you can take a brick in a in the wall of a building and you can take a human being or you can take a star or you can take a fish and you can take a speck of dirt doesn't matter it's all made up of material which is ultimately molecules and atoms and then mm-hmm. ultimately subatomic particles and then vibrating energy at one point
0: and uh, exactly. one
1: thing is that um, uh, I would say this is this is not a political thing. It's what I would say is that it, it, it's that literally. I mean, we all say Earth is a what? We had Earth Day what a couple of days ago? I think it was two yes. days ago or something. Yes, so April We 22nd. say Mother Earth. Yeah. Yes, we say Mother Earth. But literally, that is absolutely one hundred percent true because every single atom in your body and my body and every other person of 7 billion human beings, literally every atom came from the earth because it mm-hmm. came from either a plant or from an animal which again either ate a plant, if there are herbivores or carnivores, mm-hmm. they ate another animal that was an herbivore. So they ate something that was ultimately a plant and plant grew. the plant grew from the earth and all of right. the atoms that came into that came from the earth, literally, and then the sunlight. So they're really made up of the physical element that, elements that are in the earth and light, which comes from the sun. So right. that is exactly what we are made up of. We are
0: literally yes. made
1: up of the earth. So yes. first of all, we need to respect that and to understand mm-hmm. that we are literally made up of the earth and... Every atom in our body. I I I love uh, what um, there is an Indian um, yogi yogi teacher named Sadhguru, and he mm-hmm. says that you know Mother Earth has lent us this body, which is mm-hmm. which she has. She'll take it back exactly the way it is. No interest though. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Adam for Adam, there's no interest though. We don't pay, we don't mm-hmm. have to pay an interest. But every right. atom that came into us is gonna be taken back exactly the way it was. And and we are doing that every day. We are shedding skin and we are shedding yes. you know, we are shedding parts of our body so to speak but then we're eating food so we are getting it again. But again, all of that will be taken back Adam by Adam, Adam for Adam. But you know what? That's our mother. She gave us right. Physical life, yes. the right. the The soul comes from God, and of course, mm-hmm. we if we recognize that as well, then we understand the importance of not only the earth, but of what we would call right. God, because that's our spiritual parent, and the right. earth is our physical parent, if you will.
0: And then, so, if we also uh, go back to energy, energy uh, science has is, t- is telling us energy, um, everything is energy. And energy cannot be destroyed. It only transforms. Like you were talking about molecules going back to the earth. It transforms. So energy, everything is energy. And so energy cannot be destroyed. Created or destroyed, yes. Right. In essence, what we have is eternal. It's, it's, It's an internal cycle of life it's uh i personally i don't believe in death um when we leave our physical body our physical body does go back to the earth as you were saying uh and our 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 spirit goes on but there it i don't look at it as a death it's a transformation it's a rebirth into spirit and your your physical body um goes back to mother earth as you said you know so it's it's just it's a cycle it's all, it's not linear, it's it's a cycle. It's a life cycle. So there's no, it's just a rebirth into a new experience, in a rebirth. Everything is just transforming. Um,
1: I agree so with you wholeheartedly.
0: And I was, in fact, th- just as I mentioned that, you
1: know, I try to practice what I talk about and write about mm-hmm. on a daily basis in, in my store. And just like yeah. four, an hour, two hours ago, I was talking to a person and I said, you know, this life that we have. And he was like, when I was younger, I wanted to be a musician. And I played with God Smack, which is one of the bands, and, and uh, the Mighty Mighty Ball Stones, which is a Boston-based uh, pop group or a rock group. And he's like, I mm-hmm. played with them before they were stars. And I was going to do this. And, and, and he's like, my father passed away around that time. And then I had to become responsible and get a job and all of that. And I said, you know what? you are doing what you're doing because that was meant to be and
0: exactly. and
1: this physical life that we have is a fraction is a it's a soul such a small fraction of our exactly. infinite life as, as mm-hmm. a soul i mean i know it feels real and it is real when we're here and you know you may live live 60 70 80 100 years to be in in age and it mm-hmm. seems so long sometimes but right. it's really uh, it's as, just as a, it's a blink of, it. it's like it's less in a in, in it's eternity, a, you know?
0: Yes, it's less than a blink of the eye. And it was very good that you brought up the fact that no matter what a person is doing right now, whether they're in their ideal job or not, they can be their authentic self and they can they can follow their passion in whatever they're doing. Like you said, in the store, you share who you are with your customers so whatever yep. you're whatever you're doing in life lo- in life, you can um share what you believe, share yourself with another person, and that can inspire that person um I can't believe the time always goes by so quickly I know. <laughs> the hour <laughs> I know. Is just over.
1: The,
0: yeah. yeah, the hour is just about up, and i I would like to mention that we i have um uh, next week Barbara Mark Hubbard is our guest, um, and she will be talking about conscious evolution. Um, she is the founder of the Foundation for Conscious Evolution, and I'm so much looking forward to her. And thank you so much, pasan I I, I will appreciate you being with us tonight, and you have a good evening. Um, thank you again. Okay. Thank you, good you so much, night. Ellen,
1: and thank you to all the listeners.
0: Okay. Good night. Have a good night. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.